Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And even though this podcast is coming to you long after the news came out, let's raise the roof for DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, being struck down as unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. Wedding bells be ringing, y'all. Way to go. Well, wedding bells be ringing in some states. Well, yeah, but I, I didn't think it would sound as good to say like an asterisk after right. my statement. Wedding bells be ringing footnote <laughs> in the 13 states where gay marriage is currently legal. Also, the District of Columbia. <laughs> See, that's just bulky. That is bulky. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about what's next for gay marriage to give an update on DOMA. When the, the DOMA ruling came out, I posted on Facebook, looks like we need to update our very old episode now on what's the difference between civil unions and marriages, because the answer to pretty much all of that was, oh, you know, just the 1,000 plus federal statutes relating to marriage being between a man and a woman exclusively. So now that that is not the law of the land, we wanted to come back and say, hey, well, what is the law? Where are we now? Where did we come from? And where are we going? Yes, everything. <laughs> Get out your, your, your gay marriage compass uh, let's, and let's check things out. So just for a quick overview, though, gay marriage is currently legal in 13 states and D.C., like I said, uh, and 36 states, though. As far as I know, I've seen 35, but 36 states by my tally have laws on the books banning gay marriage. And there are four states, though, Colorado, Hawaii, Illinois, and New Jersey, that do recognize civil unions. So on a state-by-state basis, we are a long way from gay marriage being just legal everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But, Caroline, the lead-up to DOMA started a long time ago. Right. Back in 1972, in the case Baker versus Nelson, the Supreme Court dismissed a challenge to a Minnesota ruling that gay couples have no constitutional right to marry because it failed to raise a substantial federal question. Yeah. And as an addendum to that Baker v. Nelson case, as of 2012, the Associated Press reported that Jack Baker and Michael McConnell, who were the ones who brought that challenge, are still together. Love rules. Love, yeah, love is love. Um, then in 1993, this is the year that things really started moving, for better or for worse. Um, the Hawaii Supreme Court decided in the case Bear versus Lewin that it was unconstitutional to deny three gay couples the freedom to marry because it discriminated on the basis of sex. Right. The court said the ban could only be upheld if the state could demonstrate how the ban quote, furthers compelling state interests and is narrowly drawn to avoid unnecessary abridgments of constitutional rights. So, okay, you can have a ban, but as long as it's not actually infringing on rights, which which it absolutely was doing in the eyes of the Hawaiian Supreme Court because of that discrimination on the basis of sex, because the only thing holding these people back from getting married was the fact that it was people of the same sex who wanted to get married. Now, not surprisingly, though, that set off a number of alarm bells for politicians in particular who were proponents of 
quote unquote traditional marriage, which is obviously marriage between man and woman. Right. In 1996, uh, Republican presidential candidates all pledged to protect marriage between a man and a woman during the Iowa caucuses. And a little bill known as the Defense of Marriage Act was filed in May in Congress. And on September 21st, 1996, President Clinton, yes, President Clinton signed DOMA into law. And that's something, that's a detail about the Defense of Marriage Act that's often swept aside a little bit because obviously we, we think about Clinton as, as a really liberal president, which he certainly was, but at the same time, he signed this legislation into law that had such harsh penalties for a core of his supporters, which were, you know, LGBT voters who felt very betrayed by the fact that he signed this. And in researching for the podcast, there are some articles from the New York Times talking about his apparent conflict with signing it. He did it at one in the morning after he had just come back to the White House from a trip. And he did it late at night because there wouldn't be press around. He didn't want photographic evidence of him signing. He didn't want a formal signing session uh, for this bill that he would remain pretty conflicted about. And he released a statement prior to him signing DOMA. And he said, I've long opposed governmental recognition of same gender marriages, and this legislation is consistent with that position. The act confirms the right of each state to determine its own policy with respect to same-gender marriage and clarifies for the purposes of federal law the operative meaning of the terms marriage and spouse. And while Clinton has certainly recanted in a way for signing DOMA and obviously is is publicly pro-gay marriage now and is a supporter of rights, equal rights for LGBT people, um, that does not erase what DOMA did. So what did DOMA do? Well, it discriminated, Kristen. Yeah. Um, there are two specific sections that uh, we should focus on. Those are sections two and three of the act. Section two says that states may disrespect the marriages of same-sex couples if they choose as a matter of their own public policy. That puts it on the states. Section three, however, that's what the focus of this big Supreme Court decision was. Section three applied only to the federal government. It overrides state law to say that same-sex couples are not married in the eyes of the federal government and that marriages aren't recognized for the purpose of federal laws and programs. The word marriage only applies to heterosexual couples and spouse only refers to an opposite sex partner. And this, my friends, is what the Supreme Court struck down because it violates the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. Yeah, that part about the states still having the uh, legislative power to disrespect marriages of same-sex couples if they choose as a matter of their own public policy is still in place. I don't believe that SCOTUS ruled on Section 2. It more struck down Section 3. But what that meant in more practical terms for same-sex couples was not just that they couldn't get married. It effectively established more than 1,000 federal laws relating to marital status, which in turn denied gay couples a host of rights, including preventing them from obtaining government health care benefits that they would otherwise receive. It deprived them of the bankruptcy code special protections for domestic support obligations, forced them to follow a complicated procedure to file their state and federal taxes jointly, 
It prohibited them from being buried together in veterans' cemeteries. It raised the cost of health care for families by taxing health benefits provided by employers to their workers, same-sex spouses. It also denied or reduced benefits allowed to families upon the loss of a spouse or parent. Restricted hospital visitation rights. It denied them health insurance for spouses of federal workers. Uh, it denied them estate and gift tax exemptions, which is something we will come back to. And it also uh, denied them the ability to automatically file those joint income taxes, possibly meaning that they lost out on thousands of dollars per year. And that's just the start of it, because, again, this established more than 1000 federal laws. Well, but let's look at some some positives. Yeah, let's here. get positive. Pull me out, Caroline. Here, I'm, I'm throwing you a rope, Kristen, <laughs> okay. and not to hang yourself with. Come on out of that hole. All right. So uh, let's look at some gay marriage milestones, some, some strides that have been made. And in 1999, California passed its first statewide domestic partner law and continued to expand it. In January 2000, they began registering domestic partners. So also in 1999, in December of that year, Vermont passed the first civil union law, which took effect in 2000. It ruled that gay couples should have the same rights as heterosexual couples. And in November 2003, we have the case Goodridge versus Department of Public Health, a decision that paved the way for Massachusetts to become the first state to actually legalize gay marriage. And while there are plenty of other milestones that we could touch on just for time's sake, let's go ahead and move to the Supreme Court case that overturned that Section 3 of DOMA that everyone has been celebrating recently. This is the case Windsor versus United States. And at issue was whether or not Section 3 of the Defense of Marriage Act, which defines the term marriages for all purposes under federal law as, quote, only a legal union between one man and one woman as husband and wife, whether that deprives same-sex couples who are lawfully married under the laws of their state, such as New York, of equal protection of the laws as guaranteed by the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Yeah, so who was at the center of this? She's been in the news quite a bit. She's fascinating and fabulous and has fantastic hair. Edie Windsor. Uh, who was with her partner, Thea Spire, for 42 years. They got married in 2007 in Toronto. Now, when Thea passed away, Edie was strapped with a $363,053 inheritance tax bill, and she fought it in court. The argument being that they weren't legally married in the United States, so Windsor had to pay this tax bill. Uh, now, if the government had recognized the marriage between the two, under federal law, a spouse who dies can leave her assets to the other spouse without incurring estate taxes. Uh, so now 83-year-old Edie, she's a spitfire, and she went to court to claim that the federal estate tax exemption was denied to her by DOMA. Right. That's because it under DOMA... Like we, uh, I mentioned in that terrible laundry list of examples of how uh, it restricts rights for gay couples. One of the things is that it denies gay couples estate and gift tax exemptions, which would have uh, prevented Windsor from being charged that three hundred sixty-three thousand dollars. And if you want to learn more about Edie and Thea's relationship, there is a great documentary that you can watch called Edie and Thea: A Very Long Engagement, talking about their 
their 42 year plus relationship. Um, but Windsor brought this court case and the Supreme Court heard it in writing for the court majority. Justice Kennedy said this DOMA places same sex couples in an unstable position of being in a second tier marriage. And he also wrote the avowed purpose and practical effect of the law here in question are to impose a disadvantage, a separate status. And so a stigma upon all who enter into same sex marriages made lawful by the unquestioned authority of the states. And for that and other reasons, the court ruled five to four in favor of Windsor, striking down effectively Section three of the Defense of Marriage Act. Right. Well, so how does Prop eight? tie into any of this. I mean, Prop 8 is also going on throughout all of this time, too. Let's look at a a brief history of that and how it ties in. So in March 2000, we have 61% of California voters approving a ballot measure, which was Prop 22, declaring that marriage should remain between opposite-sex couples. Fast forward to May 2008, the California Supreme Court struck down Prop 22 in its ruling that the state protects a fundamental right to marry that should also extend to same-sex couples. So then in November of that year, November 2008, uh, the California Marriage Protection Act, or Prop 8, passes with 52% of the vote. And that effectively made gay marriage illegal in California. But, of course, as we know, the fight did not stop there. In August of 2010, the U.S. District Court ruled that Prop 8 was unconstitutional. And in February 2012, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upholds that Prop 8 ruling, saying that Proposition 8 serves no purpose and has no effect other than to lessen the status and human dignity of gay men and lesbians in California. And then, in December of 2012, the Supreme Court agreed to hear Prop 8 arguments because the proponents of Proposition 8 banning gay marriage continued their legal fight. And so it rises all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says, sure, we'll hear your arguments. And then on that historic day, June 26, 2013, the Supreme Court ruled that Protect Marriage, which was an ad hoc group defending Proposition 8, the California government did not argue in favor of Proposition 8 right. in front of the Supreme Court uh, because the government was not in support of it. So you have this ad hoc group, Protect Marriage, coming to argue it. And so the Supreme Court said that Protect Marriage, the ad hoc group, did not have the legal authority to appeal the injunction against banning gay marriage, which sent the decision back to the lower court, which had already declared it unconstitutional, which is why gay marriage became legal again in California that day. Because the thing is, the Supreme Court did not rule Proposition 8 as unconstitutional. It basically said, you know what, we are sending this back to the lower court because ad hoc group protect marriage. You don't even have the legal authority to be doing this. Yeah, they're not an agent of the state. Exactly. So they sent it back down because all the lower courts had already ruled it unconstitutional. But I mean, not surprisingly, protect marriage cried foul when that happened and people immediately started getting married. Right, including Prop 8 plaintiffs Chris Perry and Sandy Steer, who became the first couple to marry in California after the decision. 
The other plaintiff couple, Paul Katami and Jeff Zarilla, were also married soon after. But because those marriages started taking place on the same day, hours after the Supreme Court handed down its decision, Protect Marriage said that those marriages should not be taking place because the decision wasn't legally final. But it did not matter because the Ninth Circuit panel had already lifted the whole on hold on gay marriage. They actually sped up the process for lifting that ban to allow gay marriage to start happening, or to resume, I should say, in uh, California. So, finally, yeah, but I mean, happened. yeah, but the story, the story doesn't end there. No, because we have this ruling, but not everything is all puppies and kittens. Exactly, because we have a federal ruling that Section Three which only applies to federal law, is unconstitutional. So in the eyes of federal law, same-sex marriage is recognized. But when you go to a state-by-state basis in a majority of states, they are not going to, by state law, recognize same-sex marriage. So what is going to happen? There are some, some good things because of that federal law. There are a lot of benefits, such as binational couples now are able to pursue green cards for the foreign spouse. I want to give a shout out now to listener Andrew and his Spanish husband. He posted on Facebook that he can now bring his husband home to the U.S., which is awesome. They've been longtime listeners, so... I just want to issue a, a giant congratulations for that. If you'll ever come to Atlanta, you know, you should hit us up. <laughs> yeah, we're around. Um, there's also Tryon Popov, who's a Bulgarian immigrant who's been living in Florida with his husband legally for the past 13 years, thanks to student visas. He was the first to get a permanent visa after Doma was struck down. Yeah, the U.S. Immigration and Citizenship Services. That's a, <laughs> that's a mouthful to say. A lot say. of sibilant sounds. Yes. They've actually been keeping a list of same-sex applicants in anticipation of Doma being overturned. So the people who have already applied who would not have gotten the green card because of Doma, they don't have to reapply. So for couples applying for green cards, hopefully that process should be fairly quick, especially by federal bureaucracy standards. But you know who just got a ton of work piled on their desks? Immigration attorneys, estate planners, accountants, wedding planners in states where gay marriage is illegal. Because of this switch in the federal tax code and all of those 1,000 federal statutes relating to the definition of marriage, it changes how business is now going to be conducted, but then also with that question of which trumps which, state law or federal law. Yeah, and then where do you say that the marriage happened? The home state of the individual's? Or the place where the wedding took place. That's called the celebration state, which I like. So the question with all of it is, do we let the celebration state rule? So basically, if you got married, if you're in a same-sex couple and you get married in New York, New York is your celebration state. But then if you come to Georgia, where we live, which is a not-so-celebratory state, and if Georgia is your home state... And then tax time comes mm-hmm. around. The question is, how do you file? Do you file as a married couple because in your celebration state, that's how you're recognized? Or does it apply to your home state, 
So do you have to file separately per Georgia law? It's kind of sticky. And after the ruling, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, they asked Obama what his thoughts on this were. And he said that, you know, he kind of made a vague statement as far as marriage is marriage. And if you're married in one state, you should be married. But that doesn't mean that that's automatically going to happen for sure. But some some things that are going to happen, federal workers will receive benefits no matter whether their home state recognizes gay marriage or not. And if you're a military family living in a state with marriage equality, you will be granted federal benefits, including military health insurance, increased base and housing allowances, relocation assistance and surviving spousal benefits. But that that question of celebration state versus home state, uh, you know, when you're being transferred, that's still in play. Yeah, the IRS is going to have to decide how to determine marriage status when they figure out tax status, because there are 198 separate tax code provisions tied to marital status, as if taxes need to get more complicated. Yeah, the IRS is already <laughs> exactly. having some issues. And for things like Social Security, there's another question there of the celebration state versus home state, because family and spousal protections relating to Social Security use a wage earner's primary state of residence as guidance for marriage recognition. So again, that's raising the question of what whether Social Security benefits can be extended if you're living in a state that does not have legalized gay marriage. So while there is a lot to celebrate, it's clear that, you know, the overturning of Section 3 of the Defense of Marriage Act is by no means the end of the fight towards total and complete equality. Right. It's a big deal that federally it has been recognized and that the definition, the federal definition of marriage has been struck down from just being exclusively between men and women. But we have 50 states. Yeah. To get through. And and the question is whether or not there's going to be another case in which the Supreme Court will basically make gay marriage a law of the land. Obviously, by keeping Section 2 intact, they want to leave it up to the sovereignty of the states to decide. Mm-hmm. Um, but And maybe that'll happen sooner rather than later because there's this kind of momentum. But I don't know. I mean, we're sitting here in Georgia, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. No. One state uh, that we will have to keep an eye on is Michigan, though. Yeah. Um, This is coming from The Advocate. Uh, Plaintiffs Jane Rouse and April DeBoer have uh, brought a lawsuit because they were being denied the ability to jointly adopt three children and are citing this recent DOMA decision. And the trial was scheduled for July 10th. So we we should keep an eye on that. And maybe we should just like get out a map, like a coloring book map and start (laughs) coloring in states. Yeah. I mean, because that's that's the question is whether or not Michigan will be uh, the next to overturn its same sex marriage ban based on this DOMA ruling, which could be huge because that means if it succeeds in doing so in Michigan, then I'm sure, you know, there will be cases in other states that will take its cue, which is why the timeline for a state by state overturning of same sex marriage bans could happen sooner rather than later mm-hmm. because that federal precedent has been set. So I hope that this was a helpful overview of DOMA. Like I said, it's been a while since the decision happened, but maybe it's even better to revisit it now that the initial dust is settled to figure out, okay, wait, where are we now? What What is exactly happening with all of this? Um, and I, I definitely want to hear from couples that this is affected. I want to hear 
from any tax lawyers out there who are now scrambling to figure out what to do. If anyone's working for the IRS, how has this uh, impacted them? Because there has, uh, with the the Supreme Court decision, the line from the the White House has been to these uh, government branches that are most affected, like the IRS and Social Security and Medicaid. It's figure it out and figure it out fast, mm-hmm. you know, to to make make the laws um, apparent. So with that, send us your thoughts, momstuff at discovery.com. You can tweet us at momstuffpodcast and send us a message on Facebook if you like. And we've got a couple of messages to share with you. And now back to the letters. Well, Caroline, our episode on short hair that we did a while ago got so much attention. Let's read some more letters about that. How about Um, I've got one here from Chad. His subject line is, from a guy who cut his long hair for an iPod. All right, he says, hi, ladies. Oh, hey, Chad. I just listened to your podcast about women with short hair. As a younger man, I wore my hair long for about 10 years. I started growing it in college when I was dating the woman who is now my wife. I just grew tired of it, but I decided to use it as a bargaining chip. My dad has has always hated long hair on guys, especially me. When we were visiting my parents one Christmas, I told my dad that if he bought me a new iPod, I would cut my hair short. We went to a store that night and I picked out my iPod. I got a haircut the next day and donated it to Locks of Love. My wife also did the same. Even though it is now 2013, I still use that iPod. He bought it in 2006. Uh, it works well and I have never gotten another. I listen to you ladies on the same iPod to this day. Incidentally, it was not emotional for me to cut my hair. I was ready to be done with it and I've kept it short since. My wife, however, still has emotional feelings about my short hair. She grew her hair long again and frequently mentions that I should grow it out again because she misses it. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe if I grow it out again, there will be a new iPad in my future. Hey, good thinking, Chad. Kristen, this letter is from listener Jennifer. She said, I lost all my hair going through chemo for breast cancer a few years ago. When it started to grow back, I found a stylist who does wonderful, funky things with really short hair. I've gotten so many compliments that I've kept it short for more than two years. Now I'm growing it out, not because I don't like my hair short, but because it's a reminder of my cancer and I'm ready to move forward. So thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, and thanks to everyone else who has written in. MomStuffAtDiscovery.com is our email address. You can also message us on Facebook or tweet us at MomStuffPodcast. We're on Tumblr as well. You should check us out. We're at StuffMomNeverToldYou.tumblr.com. And you can watch us as well on YouTube. We come at you four times a week on there. So head over to YouTube.com slash StuffMomNeverToldYou and be kind and subscribe. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 